0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. It is Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. And only one of us gets to eat it this week. I'm sorry, guys, but I, I got it. And Schlag's I left the mac and cheese bites out just so you wouldn't be tempted. Uh, mm. but we're going to have a fun, casual conversation, even if we're not in the fun, casual joint. Got Zach Warren back with us. Anthony Schlegel down there, the difference behind him, and my colleague, Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, I am Austin Ward. And uh, the football world uh, continues on. Zach, uh, First time we've been able to catch up since the quarantine began. How have you been holding up? It's Been a struggle over here, man. You know, all of you guys are married, some kids running around, I'm over here by
1: myself, you know, trying to uh, work out of uh, my- That sounds
2: amazing. Oh, man. So
1: not, I would do anything for some human interaction right now. Yeah, how are, so how are you filling the void? Uh, some Netflix shows, um, you know, trying to take up uh, guitar lessons and a little bit of wine guitar lessons okay how's that coming not great but <laughs> i'm trying my man evan blankenship you know he he's kind of giving me guitar lessons and
0: uh got a guitar and yeah <laughs> that's that's not a guitar so like, you might be careful strumming that I know.
3: it's a blow tour. let's go
0: <laughs> i think that's what the world is really missing out on right now is that you two can't work out together and make crazy videos
1: Oh, my gosh. It is missing. I know. Hey, uh, Mama Schlegs kicked us out of the gym, so we're not allowed up there because of social distancing purposes.
3: Well, here's the deal. I mean, like at the end of the day, I know that I'm a around my wife and my three kids. Like, that's all I'm around. I don't know who Zach's around. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know who my people are around that come up to the shop, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't ever – Want to be the guy that got somebody sick or brought it home to my kids. So, but hey, tell them, Zach, what I did for you guys. I mean, come on, man. I'm trying to set everybody up for success. The Difference,
1: the Difference USA and Schlage set up a gym in uh, one of our guys' garages. So, man, we uh, still get up early in the morning and go to the garage and not Schlage's garage, but another garage and get
0: lift on the Difference USA. See,
2: well, now you're talking.
0: Got to get some striking in. No doubt. I'm going to need that, especially after loading up on the Roosters. Uh, they just started I, – I went into my local spot on Henderson Road here in Columbus, and they had just started up the online ordering today. They're still doing carryout. We still want to keep uh, everybody in Columbus and everybody – all local businesses, we want to keep supporting them. But Roosters is open. I think uh, 11 o'clock is when they started, so I was banging down the door waiting to get in uh, and get some wings for this show today. Uh, make sure that you check that out. You can still get um, – Mac and cheese bites for Schleg and burn uh, and all the wings you can handle. So make sure you fuel up on that. That's what I'll be doing today with my family. Uh, and then as soon as we're done talking about Ohio State, so Zach, um, again, since we haven't seen you in a while, what have you thought about, you know, losing spring ball, the way Ryan Day has responded to this crisis and the way Ohio State football is really trying to proceed with business here?
1: Well, it's kind of hard to put into words, right? I never once thought in uh, our lifetime we would see anything like this, um, whatsoever. Let alone, you know, kind of the whole world shutting down and, and college football um, shutting down. But you know, one thing that Ohio State has an advantage of is they bring in guys that. Um, know how to train. They're, they're good, dude. You know, you've know, you got the best support staff in the country at Ohio State. So I know, you know, um, all those guys are reaching out, even the doctors, um, all the way up to the nutritionist, to Coach Mick. Um, they're in constant communication throughout the entire time. So uh, yeah, it's a little bit different that you're not going through that off-season program and in spring ball, but still they're holding, you know, uh, meetings just like this every day, going over chalk talk and um, you know, it's one of those things that the guys are going to be held accountable and come fall camp, they're going to know who's been
0: doing their job and who hasn't. Sliggs, so one thing that I thought was interesting, you know, Ryan Day gave a press conference or a teleconference to us last week, and it reminded me uh, of you and the way you talk about, you know, Mick and these workouts and the accountability where some schools around the country are talking about, like, using Fitbits and, you know, having players post their, their workouts to Instagram or whatever to keep up on them. And Ryan Day saying, well, if we can't trust these guys – do their workouts on their own, uh, and live up to the standard and the culture that we've built. And it's not as strong as we thought, that they don't need to do anything extra. I really thought of you, that sounded like it might have come dry, right out of your mouth.
3: <laughs> well, great minds think alike. And, <laughs> um, you know, part of the deal is this, like, uh, I was actually talking to a high school in Texas, and uh, I brought up this to him. One, uh, what is the standard of excellence that they will be held to when they return, right? Because it's going to be very, very easy uh, to see who put the work in when you come back. And I like to, you know, I do a lot with the Army Combat Fitness Test and the West Virginia National Guard, and you're going to have to modify certain things, right? Like you're not going to go in there and do a one rep max on a squat or a bench or a power cleaner variety of things. But guess what? Everybody can go out and do a run. They can do a cut 300 or you know what we Zach and I did when we were in college, half gassers or in the league you are do 50 yards, right, in 8 seconds and you rest for 30. Like everybody can do runs like that. Everybody can do metabolic conditioning on their own without having to have a ball or somebody else out there, right? But what is the standard? Is it a, a, a T push-up test like I do in the Army Combat Fitness Test? Is it You know, something like that that they can do on their own right now to when they come back, here is the standard of which we said that we want you to be at, right? So, one, having that in place. Two, following up with what Zach was alluding to, everybody talking to their position coach, talking to a strength coach, that's why there's five of them, to see where they are, right? Because, you know, I kind of train a variety of different guys, but some guys train DBs or offensive linemen or D linemen, so they can still have that relationship. And right now, more than ever, is – The cool thing is, and that I like, is that everybody has been able to eliminate all the stuff that we like to do, right? Because our world is all about stuff. And right now, everybody's just craving personal interaction. So what a great time to grow and to test our culture, right? And we can do that, praise God, virtually through these type of things. So by them staying on top of each other, seeing what you did, they already got a plan prescribed by Coach Mick. It's not like they got to go and look at Pinterest to see the workouts they got to get, right? <laughs> Coach Mick's prescribing it. Guys do it. They hold each other, power the unit, accountable as to finishing the workout of the day. And then when they return to life as, you know, business as usual, here's the standard. And now we know exactly how much, right, give a factor that you have for our team and your teammates going into fall camp. So like, all those things are already being done, but, but this is a true testament to the culture that Ohio State has and to what Zach talked about. Our support staff, our coaching staff is second to none across college football. They don't need anything, right? The things that you're going to start seeing school supply, I would say much more than a Fitbit because I hate all technology that measures stuff besides probably Garmin and Omega Wave. Like those are the top-of-the-line things. Fitbit, awful. Okay. right. Garmin and Omega Wave, which tracks your central nervous system, completely different. That's top of the line stuff. So if you're not going to give everybody that, give them a TRX strap and give them some bands and give them a bodyweight workout and say attack and dominate. So all those things are in place. And um, and I I truly believe that our guys and our culture will stand the test of this trial and tribulation that we're in.
1: Zach, what were you going to jump in there with? Schlegs, I can give you major props for dropping Pinterest
0: right now. For you. Dropping
2: Pinterest right after give a give-it-factor. Very yeah. good.
0: I, I didn't even know that you could get workouts off Pinterest, so that's, very, that's some news right there. I mean, that's, where, it, that's where workouts come from every
3: morning, Warren. No, not so fast. No, I mean, like, hey, you know what? Just as a side note, I got a really good one that I'm going to try today. And um, I did it the other, the other day, last Thursday. I did it on a deadlift routine. It was called the uh, Juarez Valley 8. And I got it from my buddy, Josh Bryant. It's called Jailhouse Strong, right? Because, I mean, what the hell do they got to work out with? They're in a jail. So it gets swole, you know, gas station ready. But that being said, I did 36 reps of deadlift with 405. And I did eight reps, then one rep, seven reps, then two, six, then three, five, and four. And it was timed. So today, I'm going to do kind of that same process. But I'm going to do 20 T push-ups. And 20 sledgehammer swings. Then I'm gonna walk to my garage door and back as my active rest. Then I'm gonna do one, right? Walk back, and you know, again, push up and sledgehammer swing. So it's a back shoulder and a chest walk. Then I'm gonna come back. Then I'll do 19, 19 walk, come back two and two walk, come back 18, 18. Well, I'll come back three and three. I'm going to do it all the, way, all the way down till I get to that 10. And no, and guess workout. what? Swoldier for life right there. Bam.
1: That is, that's, that's not big. on Pinterest. But, it should be. Schlegs, not your workout, but it goes back to Schlegs saying, you know, the giving factor, right? It doesn't take anything to go out and run. Right, these guys can go to any park. You know, every governor, every everyone you talk to says they want people outside. Right, outside one of the best places you can be during a time like this, as long as social distancing is is uh, (laughs) is intact. But from from my standpoint, it's anyone can go out and run, anyone can go out and do sprints. You know, push ups, sit ups. You can buy a sandbag at Lowe's or Home Depot, right, and use that as you know a, a. you know, you bench press it you're on the ground. You can you can hold it and squat with it. There are so many different things. If there's a will, there's a way, and that's what the biggest thing at Ohio State's about. Yeah,
2: hey, you're talking about guys who go to Ohio State because they want to be professionals and they want a chance to play in the NFL and, and get that professional life. This is it. This is the professional model. Like you have to do this on your own. You're going to have some guidance, but you have to be accountable to yourself and to your teammates. And it's not a situation where you're being babysat. And I think Ohio State, obviously, like all the major programs in the country, are doing anything they can. Ryan Day did say last week that they're sending them some food and they have it, they're able to send money for food based on uh, their Buck ID stuff and you know, all the ways that the NCAA is going to make that sort of uh, work for these kids. But ultimately, as you guys said, it comes down to who you are. And if, if the players Ohio State is recruiting and, and signing and developing are who they think they are, then they're going to do it by themselves.
3: Great point. And that's you you mentioned a a big time word right there. And it's discipline, right? And it's discipline of the mind, the heart and the spirit. And when we talk about that, I always say this, don't just get through it, grow through it, right? So, you know, everything's had, we've had to be very, very adaptable during these times. And part of that is our discipline in our daily routine. And I know one thing that these coaches are talking about is, What is your daily routine and the discipline that goes with that, right? Is it, hey, I wake up every single day at 9 a.m. Boom, I go eat breakfast, right? I do a devotional. I do my classwork. Then I take a break and I do my potentially lift. Like I just grabbed a trash can. Do an overhead snatch squat with a trash can, you know, 20 times and set it down and do some abs. Like you will get a workout. Do that five times. You just got 100 squats and probably 200 abs and and you're feeling it, right? So there's always a way, but we've had to. To recenter our discipline onto the things that really matter, and for a student athlete, it's this: one, I always say, be a great son, be a great teammate, be elite at your homework, and be elite, te- uh, be elite in your position. And so, those are all the things that they have to be doing right now. And so, they have to really refocus that discipline onto those factors, and still eliminate the white noise of, hey, I can't go game all night long and come back and and do my routine because when they come back, they're going to have a, sharp, uh, you know, like a sharp reality check. It's like I can't play Fortnite all night long and wake up at 6 a.m. and go to camp. So they got to constantly be building that discipline in and that lifestyle right now while nobody is watching. Though they're checking in, right, they're knowing what how they're putting the work in.
2: I think what's interesting is that there's a possibility here for these kids who maybe kind of get tired of the routine at Ohio State Um, or college kids anywhere around the country, that maybe there's a moment here where they actually appreciate it a little bit more because they're realizing how much good it's doing for them. Um, And I think you might see a a reinvestment of an attitude when they return just based on the fact that, hey, we maybe complain about we don't have a social life. We don't. But sometimes, you know, there's an old adage that there's a bird in the cage, right? And it's, is the cage keeping the bird in or the world out? And sometimes it's better to keep the world out especially when you're talking about kids who have an opportunity to to go out and be something really great um in you know with just by committing to to what they're doing
0: eventually they're going to get that back and so you know the work that they're doing now is obviously hugely important if they want to win a college football playoff in the fall assuming there are no delays to the schedule but the other part zach is that you can work out you can take that Schlage's trash can and squat it all you want but that's That's not preparation for football, right? They're going to have to, you know, be ready to tackle. They're going to have all these things that you can't do right now. So in your mind, how much time once this is all over, once Ohio State can get back on campus, how much time does a football player need to be ready to play a game in September?
1: You know, it's, it's funny you brought that up. You know, when it comes to football, it's all about your quick twitch muscle muscles. I mean, that's what it is, right? It's quick twitch. How, how fast can your body get from point A to point B? And then it's also mental. So much of the game of football is mental. You know, I was talking to someone, and because uh, we were talking about training and how this is going to affect college football. Schlegs will tell you. We've seen guys who look like Tarzan, who in the weight room you would think are five-star recruits, are three-time All-Americans, and are number one draft picks, right? And they're guys that never see the field at Ohio State. And then you see some guys who from a weight room standpoint – they, you know, can barely lift any weight, you know, kind of don't really take it serious. You know, it is what it is. And then guess what? They got there in an All-American, the first-round draft pick, right? So you see it both ways. So I think from a from a player standpoint, you just cannot be sitting around the entire time, right? You've got to have some kind of routine that Schlake's talked about. Routine is so big when it comes to – football players and like what you do from a day-to-day basis. But as long as you're moving, get your quick twitch muscles going, I mean, even fast feet, right? You can go out to a sidewalk and you can work your fast feet over a crack in a sidewalk, right? There's so many different ways that you can do it. And as long as you're running and doing some of those things, yes, the weight room is where, you know, you look big, right? That's when you get off the, you know, you get off the bus and everyone's like, oh my God, look at those guys. Right. But so much of football still is just quick twitch, and just it a mindset, right? Getting from point A to point B and coming with some passion and power.
3: I That's love pretty, it, man. Hey, I, I'm just sitting right here and I got this trash can because Zach said a trash can, right? But well, I can work on tackle. <laughs> okay. On a, on a trash can, right? You can work uh, on a rugby tackle on a trash can. Okay. Okay. You know, here, the, the, the other thing that they're. Everyone doing, has
2: tires in their front yard, right?
3: I mean, yeah, exactly. 100%. Like, just go get a tire, work on it. And that's the thing, like, everybody, this is what's crazy. Berm, you kind of mentioned it, about appreciating the routine and structure of Ohio State. And all I know is, I mean, I still teach and work with young people, and everybody wants to lead up, and everybody wants to have autonomy. Guess what? Now you got it. Right, now, Now you got as much autonomy as you want, right? But at the end of the day, the teams that are the most prepared during this time – are the most connected right i tweeted this out today how do you get a teammate to buy in first you evaluate if you're bought in that's number one right because everybody's going to be looking at what what are the things that you compromise in your actions and they're like oh that guy doesn't really do that so i don't have to do it either right so one evaluate whether or not you're completely bought in are you doing the programs that coach mick does Right, and then two. How do I get a teammate to buy in, even though I can't see them? You send them positive words of encouragement, right? Even everybody that's out there right now. Even with Zach, we're on like a you know a messenger, you know like our you know text message thing. Hey, how are you doing today? Right, other brothers of mine that are in different fields. Hey, just thinking about you. You're on my heart today. Like that's positive, and it knows that you care, right? And so that's what these kids are going to be doing right now because it's the teams that are the most prepared that have taken the discipline of what Berm talked about, that are accountable to one another, that do the workouts that Coach Mick prescribes, that do the, the, the chalk talk with their position coaches, right, over Exos. Yep. Those teams that come back, the most prepared are the ones that will win out the gate, and you will see that week one.
0: That's the stuff that I found was really interesting, not only with Coach Day talking about that uh, during his teleconference, but I've had a couple other assistants on the staff reach out to describe just, you know, I'm just curious what their days are like. One position coach was saying that he had like one hour uh, FaceTime calls set up with everyone in his unit. Like that's a full day. These guys are still used to, you know, being in the Woody and coaching and being around these guys all day. So I think it's a creative – they're having to find creative ways to do it because you can't really, you know, get the teaching instruction and use FaceTime – to talk to like eight different wide receivers. So if you're Brian Hartline, for example, the the time restriction applies to the players and not the coaches. So Hartline can call up Julian Fleming and deal with him for an hour. Then, okay, one more hour. Like, these coaches are still trying to do their job, Zach. It's like, it's kind of fascinating to watch the way that they don't want to just shut down and they can't just shut down because they're trying to accomplish other goals.
1: It is, but Burmage Schlegs both already mentioned it, right? Guys come to Ohio State, you see it so much in the recruiting uh, aspect of the game. So many people come to Ohio State because, guess what, they want to be professional athletes, right? Let's be honest, they don't come here to, it, you know, so-called experience college and, yes, get, yes, you get an education, but so many guys come here because they know they're going to play for national championships and they're going to have a great, a great chance of going on to the next level firm head to nail on head. When I was playing in the NFL, when Schlegs was playing, this is a time where you don't, you're on your own, right? You don't have a coach pushing down your back 24-7. You don't have, um, you know, having to go into a weight room and have a slotted time. You literally had three, three and a half months of literally you were on your own workout resume. And yes, a lot of us guys would partner together because we would build that routine together. You know, we'd always come back to Ohio State and work out there. But so many of these guys have that freedom that, hey, they've wanted and, Yo, you want to be a professional? Guess what? Being a professional is coming sooner than you thought.
0: <laughs> you know yeah, the, other, the other as We roll are... along here on Letterman Live, you by Roosters. Burn, uh, you know that the recruiting world doesn't stop for anything. And the last uh, ten days, two weeks have been pretty remarkable for the Buckeyes on that front. But if we look at just the running back position, you had a conversation with Tony Alford on Bermanology. You've got uh, Trey Sermon coming in as a graduate transfer. Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor both signed up for 2021. Really this, you know, we spent all of spring and heading into spring ball before it got stopped talking about that position in that unit and the position they were, you know, the the state of that unit. Right. It doesn't look like it could hardly be any healthier than it is right now.
2: No, I mean, the beauty of of recruiting is that there's always the next day. And Spencer Holbrook and I talked about it on the most recent episode of Talking Stuff is that, in the 2020 cycle, Ohio State misses out on a couple of their top targets. But at a place like Ohio State, when you're talking about one of the two or three most elite programs in the country, if you miss in one class, the odds are pretty damn good you're going to hit on the next one because the opportunity at a place like Ohio State is so great. And when you see that gap in, in the roster and in the, in the uh, eligibility, kids are going to jump at that. And that's what you saw with Travion Henderson, the most recent commitment number one ranked running back in the country, according to 247sports.com. And you're talking a six foot one, 210 pound, four, four guy who um, has never visited school, never visited the campus. And he is committing to Ohio State and committed to Ohio State without ever stepping a foot on campus with the Buckeyes. And that's because Tony Alford and, and what the Buckeyes have built is so obvious to point to. Um, and and now the real challenge is saying, hey, now we know we're the, in the lead. I mean, nothing nothing matters. Um, ultimately with a commitment other than a public declaration, which I guess makes it harder for kids to back out of um, ultimately. But um, it, it now takes a, it, it takes it to another level uh, for Ohio State to hold on to those guys because the opportunities are going to be there. And once all the recruiting world normalizes and people can take on-campus visits again, there's going to be a, a, a push from other programs saying, hey, well, you never visited us either. Come take a look. And then, then you'll see if those relationships were real enough to get through um, you know, everything that's coming.
0: You you asked Tony about this, and I'm curious to get Zach and Schlag's to weigh in on this as well, like just having been through, you know, knowing his players and being around coaching staffs and being a coach. Like there was there was this element out there that thought that Tony Alford needed to be replaced because he missed on two recruits in, in one cycle. And it was just – it was laughable to me because at the same time, he was also leading the first 2,000-yard back or helping guide him to the first 2,000-yard season in school history. He had a backup who was running for almost 800 yards, and Master Teague was still going to be around. He, you know, he had the background working with Zeke and Mike Weber and, and 30 years of background showing that he could act. He was a hell of a coach. And then three months, people want to question that. I just thought it was crazy, but, I, I get, you know, that's, that's sort of the life they live
2: in. Well, what he said was that you coach in a place like Ohio State because you want that type of pressure, and that's – you know, it's unfair from an objective point of view to sit back and say, okay, well, in 2017, he signed J.K. Dobbins, who never visited when he committed, all right? 2018, he signed three four-star running backs, including two top 100-ranked players in Brian Sneed and Jalen Gill. Brian Sneed didn't work out. Jalen Gill still on the roster, still trying to figure out a spot. 2019, he had his early commitment from Samson James, and they ended up trading up for the Florida Player of the Year in Marcus Crowley. And then 2020 happened. So it's not like there was the – 2019 didn't need to be a huge year at running back because they had just signed three guys from the top, you know, top 10 running backs the year before. So I don't know where the narrative came from that he was all of a sudden not a good recruiter. I guess when you have J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber each running for a 1,000 yards in 2017, 2018, and then one guy runs for 2,000 in 2019 – People forget that that impacts how recruiting goes. I guess I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give you an analogy. So, when, since we've been in quarantine, I'm a big reality dating TV show guy, right? Well, yeah, so you've been on you it. yourself. I love it. Hold on. So, I've been watching uh, Love Is Blind, right? I already
2: watched it. Love tremendous, is tremendous show. by the way.
1: But here's the thing: people fall in love without seeing actually what what they have or where they're going, right? And so, recruiting is the same thing. You saw it with J.K. Dobbins. Coach Alfred was has built a relationship with these guys and get these guys to fall in love with a place that they've never even been before. That's almost impossible to do in recruiting nowadays, but it goes to show you what kind of man Coach Alfred is and it tells you how he sells the university, right? I mean, he is getting these kids, these top running backs in the country, to fall in love with him and fall in love with the university without even stepping on foot where you see, you know, the Clemson's, the Oregons, all these places, and nothing against them. But they recruit by building the Taj Mahal, the best thing in the world, and getting these kids to fall in love with what they see from the physical uh, uh, appearance, right? And I feel like so many people get caught up in that uh, perception that they try and fall in love with everything from a physical standpoint instead of really falling in love with the, the teammates that you're going to be around, the coaches that you're going to be around, and building a relationship with them that, guess what, is more than the physical aspect that you're going to get from college,
3: You know, that's funny that you just mentioned that analogy. So I got an analogy. I I was down at the farm, and and we don't do electronics until it's dark because I want kids playing. But trolls came on. I was like, what the heck kind of movie is this? You guys ever seen trolls?
0: Of course. I have a a two and a half year old schlegs. I've seen it about 100 times.
3: Awful movie. Anyways, it was the only way that you could have happiness is by eating a troll, right? Am I right?
2: Yeah, they're delicious.
3: And, and that's kind of alluding to what Zach said, right? It's not, it's not all the aesthetics. It's not the whining and dining when you come on campus. Woody Hayes Woody has said you win with people. And I will always say this, outside of the academies, the greatest brotherhood is that of Ohio State football. Now, again, there's other ones at Ohio State, but, again, I was only part of Ohio State football. And the greatest brotherhood outside of the academies is Ohio State football, and you win with people. And when you get kids that are like-minded, right, again, culture over talent, like-minded, that buy into the position coach, their their future teammates, and everything that Ohio State football represents, they will sign on the dotted line.
2: When you look at culture, I mean, today, Monday, I mean, every player on the Ohio State team is going on social media and following Ryan Day's lead and – You know, pushing out videos and messages saying, you know, thanks for for all the work that medical people are doing and first responders and all that stuff. It it is it's a top-down culture and that's the way it works. And what Urban Meyer built and what Ryan Day has maintained is a place that people want to be a part of. And I I don't think it's a, a surprise when you see big recruiting wins, even from kids that have been on campus once, or in this case with Raven Henderson, not at all. Because it's tangible. That that culture there is not. It's not just spoken word. I mean, it is, it is obvious and visible. And we've talked about it a thousand times on this show and in, in private conversations. The quality of person at Ohio State right now is so much different than it was 20 years ago that you almost can't believe it. I mean, you're talking about a, a totally different world. And, and it, it reflects in every single thing they do. And it reflects on the recruiting trail.
3: And Berm, to, to your point, I would say he's not necessarily just maintaining it. He's enhancing it, right? Like, that's what that's what leadership is. It's you take something that's great. Like, he understood. I'm following a legend and all the different things that Urban Meyer brought to the table following Fick and Tress. And there was a lot of really good things there. And then there were things that he needed to blow up, and he did. And now Ryan Day has took, taken over. And there are things that Urban did really, really well that he has kept going. And there's things that he needed to blow up or potentially enhance, and that's exactly what he's doing. And that's, that's how you want – the same thing with Fickle down in Cincinnati. He, every year he's constantly reevaluating, looking at the things I'm doing well, looking at the things I can enhance and move forward because that's how you grow the program, and that's how you grow the culture. You're never stagnant, right? You're never complacent. It's always the mindset of what can I do to be elite. And even if I can be elite just one step more than I was a day ago or a year ago, I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can down that road.
0: All right, so last thing here on Letterman Live, brought to you by our friends at Roosters. Uh, did this last week, going to keep doing it. Uh, we had a, a question uh, on Twitter from Josh. He wanted uh, you guys to take a stab at this, where if you could, if you were Ryan Day and you needed to pick one non-starter from last year uh, and channel all of your energy into making that guy ready, who I basically who is the most important non-starter to the Buckeyes uh, heading into 2020?
2: uh berm i'll start with you uh boy it's Jonathan cooper count sure i mean i'm just kidding i think it's zach harrison Uh, honestly i I think that you look at the potential you have a guy that is a top five recruit all time at ohio state you look at just what he did as a freshman when we all sort of assumed that he would be a, a developmental guy for a year or two and then you see that he actually – that light came on a lot quicker than we thought. For me, it's this offseason for him and how he not just becomes the next solid member of, of that defensive line, which he already was a year ago, but how he becomes the next top five pick. Um, and, and the development that we saw from Chase Young and a freshman year to sophomore year, from sophomore year to junior year, like that arc has to continue with Zach Harrison because that arc has to continue with Jack Sawyer two years from now. so it's, you know, that, that anything you can do, I can do better type of mentality. Um, right, so to me, it's Zach Harris.
1: Zach. Um, I'm go- I've got two guys. Of course I can't keep it easy. Right? Yeah. I think on the defense side of the ball. I think they're fine. I really do. You know, you, you still got uh, Borland and Warner coming back at linebackers and we all Schlegs and I know linebackers make the defense right. Right. If you have some guys that, are coming back to linebacking core position that know what they're doing, that have experience, they're gonna make that defense right. They make the front end, the back end complete. So I'm not so much worried about defense. I've got two guys, and, and the two guys are Trey Sermon, obviously, with coming in from Oklahoma. We need a guy who, you know, you've seen this offense, right? Justin Fields is very dangerous with his legs, but it's even more dangerous when he's dangerous with his legs, has a dangerous running back next to him, and can throw the football down the field. And I think we saw a little bit, you know. Uh, Uh, Master Teague's hurt right now, and you got some of the young guys like Marcus Crowley that's hurt, but you kind of saw what Master Teague did against Clemson, didn't really come in and give that spark to the team when J.K. Dobbins was out, and I think Trey Sermon needs to come in and be that person, um, specifically, like I said, to help out Justin Fields, so him and then Garrett Wilson. Obviously, we know what Chris Olave can do, but channeling everything you have into Garrett Wilson so you can line him up on the other side of the field and be a dangerous weapon – because if you've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on both sides of the field, you can put in, you know, those young freshmen wide receivers who can come in, there's not so much pressure on them, right? You can put those guys in the slot. You can move them around, and the defense won't so much be keen on those guys compared to Olave and Garrett Wilson.
3: Yeah, damn, bam. I see you, Zach. So I'm gonna do two <laughs> things. I'm gonna say either uh who's that other corner? Right? Uh Karen Brown or Seven Banks. But then kind of like that's kind of like my 1A, but my number one would be who is that right offensive tackle, right? Is it Petit Ferrer or or Jones, right? So those two positions, because we know Sean Wade's on one side, who's on the other. We know that Therm Munford is on one side, and I'm not worried at all about Harry Miller because I think he's going to be phenomenal. Plus, he's right alongside Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis as that, like, Core nucleus, right guard, center, guard combination. But who is that right tackle? Because you saw last year how our offensive line finished people and were able to, even in the Penn State game, run the football and run the clock down. Right? They control the tempo. They control the mentality, really, of that game up front uh, from a physicality standpoint. So who's going to be that right tackle? And then defensively, who's going to be that opposite corner? Of Sean Wayne. The good thing is you got two phenomenal coaches that I know are looking at that And the time that we talked about how these what coaches can do right now is control what they can control and that's getting in the exos and watching film of some really elite players that have played those positions for Ohio State and teach them from the mental aspect. Now it's up for those kids individually to take care of it from a physical standpoint getting ready to go because Whichever one of those four and those two unique, one and two and one and two, does all this downtime, discipline of the mind, the spirit and the body to come ready to prepare and play and perform is the guy that's starting.
2: I'm going to throw in who's ever replacing Jordan Fuller, too, because I think – I was oh, just going to oh. say, thanks for making <laughs> it for me. And I was actually going to ask you, Berm, if you could guess who I was going to pick. Yeah, I mean, it's Josh Proctor in Austin's mind, of course. He <laughs> loves Josh Proctor. Go ahead, Austin. I don't want to steer your thunder. Yeah, tell, me, uh, tell me about Josh I mean, Proctor.
0: Especially because of how important Jordan Fuller was to the defense and, and that you know that safety, that last line of defense. If you're going to re- rework this secondary a little bit, as Schlage was talking about with two new corners and you know, Sean Wade moving you know, maybe to an outside spot, you, you have to have somebody that you can count on back there and Josh Proctor physically, I think, has one of the highest upsides of anyone on the roster. And he just needed – you know, he wasn't quite ready last year. Uh, he was hurt at times. But he also didn't have the same, you know, built-in knowledge of the defense that Jordan Fuller had. So if he was put in there to be the primary guy at safety, he wasn't ready for it. But now this is this is his time. There's no other option. Uh, you know, Marcus Hooker has made some improvements, and, and he's got some playing time and key moments. But there's nobody who has the – NFL upside of Josh Proctor to play safety that's he's got to be the guy for the silver bullets to be at their potential as Zach said I mean the linebackers that's a huge help that you know what you have with those frontline guys in Portland and Warner and they're going to be in charge of a lot of organization got Baron Browning with experience to Roger Mitchell with some experience linebackers going to be great Uh, I think you got to have an answer at safety and I think Josh Proctor has the pressure to do that and I also get to have the last word so that's uh, helpful for me to close it out with that, really appreciate Anthony Schlegel there. The difference uh, coming to join us live from doing some work. Zach Born from home. We're gonna have to keep uh, ribs over here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send you some delivery uh, carry out there from Roosters for the next time. And we're mm-hmm. uh, you know, hey, if you needed some somebody to talk to, we'll just do some more Buck IQs on Zoom. Keep you busy uh, and Berm as always uh, joining us from his home studio. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you have a chance to go get some Roosters yourself. Uh, We're going to see you next time on Letterman Live at Letterman Road. Bye-bye.